in the criminal podcast system, the people are represented by two separate but equally important groups. The people who listen to the episodes and those who create them. These are their stories. Hello, our nerdy little friends out there in podcast land. We are back. We are the Know Nothing Nerds. I'm uh, one part of this uh, criminal enterprise, <laughs> Twitch Collins, along it's- with my uh, my uh, cohorts, my uh, uh, co-defendants. Ooh. Uh, Lucas Westeros Westcott. I thought you were going to say criminal because of the content that we have. <laughs> it's so garbage. You know, some might that think it that. should be yeah. considered criminal. Yeah. Uh, if you want to file a lawsuit against us for our podcast, um, please uh, talk to our lawyers uh, named uh, Lushowitz and I don't give a fuck. Oh, I thought you were going to go for like one of the Colorado. Oh, for like Frank the, D. Azar? Yeah, like Frank F. D. Azar. Nah, or... nah, I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but like, <laughs> they're just injury lawyers. Uh, okay, so I just looked at it. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. I was wrong. The last time you and I sat down to record was 18 days ago. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Feels like well, a long time. You know, we still have been putting out content. Granted, it's smaller contents. Uh,. But uh, we're glad. I'm glad to be back doing this. It's I been am a little too. Bit of a while since we've sat down to record. Yeah, I was really excited. I've got a lot to share to Sweets. say. Sweets. A lot of a lot. I have a lot of opinions. Yes, especially about our topic for yes. the day. Which and otherwise, which we'll get into. There are some things, though. I think there are some. There are there some, are some things. There's some nerdy things that came out recently yeah. that we yeah, do yeah. need to. It's been address. a we- weirdly nerdy week. Yes, and some of it uh, started out on uh, uh, February 14th, uh, Singles Awareness Day. Singles Awareness Day. Um, which I wasn't single for this year. I know. I happen to be taken. Damn it. Damn it, he says. I can't celebrate Singles Awareness. Day. I know. You get to celebrate the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which. I got in some trouble about, Uh-oh. uh, but made up because my girlfriend, uh, I, so here's a little bit of personal insights into the psyche of one Twitch Collins. Yes. I, I cannot like, wait. I don't like Hallmark holidays. Um, not a Hallmark holiday guy. No, I don't. So Valentine's St. Patty's day, all those other hoopla, even Easter to an extent, even though for religious persons religious purposes like i get it but the whole festivity easter yeah. bunny shit around it like, yeah i couldn't care less about that would you consider halloween a hallmark holiday because i sure do to an extent yes i would actually yeah. like i like it was fun when i was a kid now as an adult i'm just like eh. it's an excuse for people to dress like whores and except and for that out. one time that you and i went to the haunted house i listened to that that episode. is true that I is listened true to that episode uh like Two weeks ago or something yeah. like that. But just I sat down, listened to it cover to cover. Yeah, uh, that's one of our better. 
I like those it, produced. It was a produced one I that was think, really I think came we're out well overdue done. on a know nothing new experience. I think we do need to do one at some point yeah, soon. I have a ton of ideas so for do some. I. So do I. Uh, one of them's me with stand up comedy. Oh, I nice. Think that nice. Would be a there we go. A ton of fun. Just something like that. That'd but, be fun. Um, and like you and I could do like a, a tag team yeah. or something like that. Anything like that. Did you have one that like stand up? I know we had talked. You, you guys, beer. you guys. I, I was gonna say, you guys are getting point. some behind the scenes yeah. stuff. We wanted to, to, we wanted to make our own beer once. Yes, uh, I think that's something that we should do at some point uh, with beer culture and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I, anyway. I'm totally down with it. Anyways, so back to why I'm in trouble. Yes. So, um, I expressed that to my girlfriends, and uh, it it was led to believe that I wasn't going to get anything for her for mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, and it's like. That's just me personally. I don't care about those things. Yeah. Um, but she was glad to receive certain gift items on sure. February 14th, even though she's technically three states away or two states go. away. So, yeah. Certain gift items makes it seem there nothing sexual. sexual no, nothing like that. Uh, they weren't really like I sent her a box of chocolates uh, when she hears this. If she couldn't tell from the type of box that I got her, they're totally from the dollar store. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 it's the thought that it's counts, thought right? That it's counts. the thought that counts. Um, and I also went a little cheap on part of it. Uh, I just sent her one of my uh, hoodies. Oh, that's nice, though. Yeah. Because don't – they women like men's hoodies and Yeah, but I did it kind of as like a so. way of like, seeing as I can't be here, at least this will feel like I'm partially there. Does you it know? smell like you, Twitch? I would say so, probably. Yeah, that's good. Um, I put my man's sweats in it and stuff. Yeah, like that. you did. Hell yeah. Rubbed it, rubbed it all over my sweaty, naked body. See, you managed to make it sexual. There we go. The, the, uh, the, your I didn't say rubbed it on my sweaty junk, though. <laughs> I said sweaty body. You didn't body. need to. It was implied. Ah, you whatever. didn't need to. It was implied. Uh, so, anyways, uh, did you hear the big news? Well, See hang on. the big Before news. Before we go Wait, okay, on, fine. I have one to share with you, too, about Singles People Awareness. Okay, Day. okay. Let's hear it. I'm going to win best gift given to a friend ever. Oh, okay. Um, there is this. Uh, there's. I have a pen pal in Norway. Uh huh. She's an artist. All yep. the art that I have yeah, is I've from seen her. Some of her stuff, yep. Uh, she's incredible. Very yep, talented she gal. She's very good. Um,. There's this other girl that like there's no there's no romance there. Yep. But we were talking we went out to lunch the other day and cuz we did we did Valentine's Day. So yeah. we went out on a date on Valentine's Day, but it was like a very much between the two of us like this is not platonic. <laughs> very 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 platonic. Very platonic. Yes, yes. Um but she had expressed to me that uh she really liked elephants. Okay. Like really liked elephants. And so I had Ellen uh-huh. paint her an elephant. Oh, nice. And I didn't give it to her yet because it wasn't quite ready, but I'm going to go grab it real quick. Oh, okay. Do it. You. Do it. And then you're going to tell everyone what it looks like. Okay. I can't keep that in because I'm walking away as I say this. I want a, I want a low-ending Yes, you are. Get a load of that. 
Ooh, that's awesome. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it's a, it's a duck, not an elephant. Yep. It's totally a duck. But it's not a bad looking duck. No, it's a pretty handsome looking duck. I named it Donald. Donald the duck. Yes. I think there might be some copyright infringement. I with disagree that. Um, wholeheartedly. <laughs> no, it's actually a really good looking elephant. Um, right? It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And, so. you, and this is uh, painted not with uh, uh, pencils, colored pencils or anything? Uh, it is painted. Painted. That's painted. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really pretty cool. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Okay, anyway, what news was I supposed to hear? Did you pay attention to the internet at all? I mean, like, I'm on the internet on a daily basis. I'm on Reddit a lot. Stranger Things oh, Season yeah, 4 yeah, yeah. dropped their trailer on Valentine's teaser, teaser on But Valentine's it confirmed Day. everybody's suspicions. It wasn't a suspicion. Um, there's a meme that I saw. Okay, so spoiler alert for absolute, for Season 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, season yeah. Three, spoiler alert. <laughs> Hopper is still alive. Um, it, I saw a meme on Reddit that was like, uh, uh, Stranger Things fans at the end of Season 3. I can't believe Hopper's still alive. And then it goes, Stranger Things fans at the end of the season four trailer. I can't believe Hopper's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the, nothing's changed. We we knew it. It was just a nice, It's it was cool to see So uh, with that uh, release, there was some things that came out about it. So um, the uh, director's creators um, posted on Twitter uh, the movies that inspired this latest season. And all of them seem to be prison related or okay. escaping from prison related. So I got a feeling a majority of the story is going to take place with Hopper escaping prison somehow. Um, and with the end of the trailer, we see in like uh, uh, there was that other trailer that said um, teaser trailer. There was just the logo of Stranger Things. And then you could see the upside down in the background. Yeah. And at the end of it said, we're not in Hawkins anymore. Right. Which leads people to presume that majority of whatever season's coming next is going to be taking place in the upside down with the majority of cast members, which sounds cool. Which sounds kind of cool. Now but here's what I will say. Like, like I have lost, I'm not a diehard stranger things yeah. fan. I really wasn't much past season one. Yes. Um, I remember watching it and be like, this is the greatest show ever season uh-huh. one. And I say this every single time we talk about it, but I would have only watched the first season had yes. it not been for this podcast. Yep. Like I was very much a one season person, so I'm very indifferent about it. But it's still a cool concept, and I can get behind it. Well, this is what I'm afraid of. Let's hear it. With them saying that a majority of this season was inspired by all those Prison Break yeah. uh, movies and stuff, I kind of have a feeling this means that a majority of the focus is going to be taking place in, in Hopper's story. Which I'd, means that the kids and everything else is going to be very secondary. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that there's probably going to be a fifth season. I think there is going to be a fifth season. Which I don't want. What I'd be okay with, though, is if the kids took a backseat this season. Yeah. For To focus on Hopper. Yeah. And then season five is like the end-all, end be-all. Yeah. So, like, you can almost consider se- this season four to be a part one of two. That's true. Part That's two true. being yeah. season five. Yeah. Um, kind of, and I hate to draw this reference, but kind of like the previous Fantastic Beasts movie. Yes. That yeah. was very much like a setup to this next one. Like, setups to a like 
a penultimate season can be done well. Uh huh. It, when it's done like that, yeah. I feel like there are plenty of shows that set up yep. future seasons or future season. Uh, and Stranger Things could do a good job with that. So I if hope they, like, so. If they backseat the kids to like let them grow up a little bit, so they're not that is true. Because that's years. what we talked about. We talked about that, that being we weird. We want them to do time, kind of a time jump. I if that's the way that they go, I'd be more okay with it. But I really just wanted them to end it. Like I just wanted I them wanted to like, end it after one season. But this yeah, is what we got, yeah. so we might as well not be like, eh. Yeah. I wish they hadn't because they're doing it. So. And, do, you, do you think in your mind? Do you think that they could recoup? All the mistakes that they made. Between oh, wow. Like, God, no. I no, don't you so. don't think so? Only because I think they're too far gone now. Okay. Where they, I think they have to just like full send it and make the next two seasons just like so out there. Yeah. Um, because we talked about it again every time we talk about Stranger Things, but like they hit their world ceiling in season one. Yeah. And they tried to break it in season two and True. season three. I think in season three they were just like fucking world stakes. The world's going to yeah, end yeah, now. Yeah. The world's ending. <laughs> And it's like, okay, that's fine. You can do that, but you have to commit. Yeah. I wouldn't love it if this season was like a return to like small stakes. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. I need a gotcha. little more big bang stuff. So I think like, can they fix all their mistakes? No, but can they learn from them and make these next two seasons decent? Yeah, I think okay. so. So you I also think it's see- going to end like with like, oh my God, that was really great television. Like kind of like, kind of nail what, Game of Thrones failed to nail. Uh, don't remind me. Um, I I don't think it's possible. Okay, but they don't have as much riding on Game of Thr- like they don't have as much riding on them as Game of Thrones do. It I is think very true. like everyone loves Stranger Things, but no one's saying Stranger Things is the best written, best performed, like anything like that. Correct. You know what I mean? It's just a really fun TV show. Yeah. So they have a lot less pressure on them to stick the landing, which I feel like is already going to make the ending better than Game gotcha, of Thrones. Like gotcha. it could be a bad ending, but it would still wouldn't be like that was such a disappointment. disappointing. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um. In my opinion, the disappointment started in season two. So, like, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's already, it's already, they're they're already gone for that. So, so who knows? But but that's good. Uh, Wes, actually, forget I just said that. Um, I have a shower thought. Ooh, yes. Let's play the music. Let's play the music. Okay, so this is a tricky one because it's not so much a thought as much as it is like a. a pitch into a conversation okay but i i wanted to hear the theme music is is really what i want. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I hear what you're going for i want to hear it too so let's do it so wes anderson's new movie trailer came out yesterday yes for the french dispatch yes looks like a ton of fun as all wes anderson movies yeah, very are very much so. um last night we actually watched grand budapest hotel and it was kind of a result of that trailer dropping. Yeah, where I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was at my buddy's house for a movie night, and we we're like, let's just we gotta watch Grand Budapest Hotel because that's one of my favorites. Um, while I was watching it, though, I had this thought. So it's not really a shower thought; it's more of a I was at my friend's house watching a movie thought. And I want to ask you and pick your brain about this. There are videos and essays and even books outlining what Wes Anderson does to create his style uh-huh but none of it i feel like describes the feel of watching a wes anderson okay movie. yeah so i wanted to ask you like why his movies are so different so from he, everyone else's here's what i'll say there's two reasons that make his films feel very different from others 
um, stylistically wise. Stylistically wise, you can tell what a Wes Anderson film is. Yeah, compared to another film from minute one, from the minute first one. frame, um, you know it's Wes Anderson. Part of it is because this is how I would describe a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. This is theater for the screen. Sure. It's what it is. Like, it feels like it's a play put on the big screen. Fascinating. Yeah. Because it because there's, like, a lot of props in the design. There's a lot of props look in the like design. look like they're hand-painted. Yes. And, and he doesn't try and hide that. Yeah, right? and it looks like sets from a play. Yeah, and a he doesn't try and blend that in with the real world. Instead, he makes the real world a play set. Correct, correct. Fascinating. So okay. that's one way that I would describe Wes Anderson's films. Um, the other reason why I would say it's more theater is because of the way that the characters interact. Yeah. Um, if you were to take the kind of uh, performances that the characters in Wes Anderson films do, and if you were to just do that in the real life setting and stuff like that, people would be like, this is fucking weird. Right, like, this is right. nuts and stuff right. like that. But because he keeps all those style choice, stylistic choices and performance choices consistent all the way throughout it feels like it fits and honestly like they feel like they are performing uh as if they're on a stage like mm. all the actors and actresses and stuff feel like they're a performance in a play in my opinion yeah um the other thing that stylistically i would say that um how would describe wes anderson films um and what makes them different is that it feels like you're looking into a dollhouse. Yeah. Um, if you've ever noticed a lot of his films, um, I can point out for sure Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Moonrise has... Kingdom, and uh, Life Aquatic. Yeah. There are shots specifically in Moonrise Kingdom where the interior of the house is cut in half. And you see the camera go up multiple yeah. levels, yeah, yeah, as if it's cutting through the house and right. stuff like and that. And that happens if a it's ton a in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. A lot of tracking yep. shots follow a character who's across the building, yep. but they follow them through multiple rooms. Yes, yeah. So you, it's that's the way I would look at it and stuff like that. That's what makes him so different. Yeah. Than other watching a play. Creators. That's that's what I was looking for. Yeah. That's what I was looking because. There are so many people that talk about like, oh, he places the camera in the center of all of his shots. It's like, yeah, but but like Tarantino does that too. Yes, and and he in Tarantino and Wes Anderson are very different stylistically. Very different stylistically. Um, yes. And you could even point to Taika Waititi and jo- Jojo Rabbit is a very similar shot movie. Yeah, it's very similar. Also, but it's also with even very a similar different. cast. Yep. But it doesn't have that same feeling, right? Yep. And I don't think enough people talk about that. Where they talk about like. This is what he does, uh, uh, technically, what he does. Yeah. He puts the camera in the middle. He does a lot of wide-angle shots. Yep. He does a lot of shots up close to the character. Yep. He puts the character in the bottom left of the screen. It's like, yeah, but none of that helps the feel. And he changes the aspect ratio a lot. A so lot. It's, it's not always going to be widescreen. It goes down to the the square box screen. Yeah. That, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the aspect ratio for that is. I feel like an idiot for two to one. Maybe I'm just a terrible when it comes to film terminology with that shit. Um, yeah, go me for film school. Uh, so point one to Twitch for yeah, film yeah, school. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is that the way that he does color grading too, yeah, is different. Very different. Um, his pictures, uh, like 
Grand Budapest Hotel for sure, like had a very pink pastelly pastelly kind of feel, type yeah. feel to it. Um, his other films like have more of a t- some sort of tint to them. Moonrise so, Kingdom, I think of yellow, like yeah, very yellow film. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's another reason why it like is differ from like somebody like Taika Waititi sure. and stuff like that, who does stuff that is similar in some instances, the, at least with the performances, right? Um, to Wes Anderson, but they don't necessarily look the same. They don't look and feel the same, yeah. right? So, like, so. you have the similar directors, but the feel of a Wes yeah. Anderson movie is unlike Correct. any other film I've Correct. ever seen. So, very he, much looking... He's for- one of those directors that would be considered auteur, auteur which was uh, something that... <sighs> I think it was a French critic that came up with the term... Um, John Ford, who was a uh, phenomenal Western director back in the early days, um, he directed uh, some John Wayne films, and my favorite John Wayne film, The Searchers. Mm. Um, uh, but it was called the Auteur theory, theory, and the Auteur theory is basically saying that like the the director has a certain style, like that he's put a signature on. Yeah, it. yeah. Like, he's the author of this, and you can tell that these are his films versus another director's films. And, and yeah, and you can see a ton of films that are just amazing, but they're very run of the mill. Like anyone could have directed those movies, but I feel like it's one of those things where like, it's impossible not to recognize a a Wes Anderson movie, movie the same way it's impossible to not recognize like a James Taylor song. Like his voice is just so iconic. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah. The only two films in Wes Anderson's catalog that don't that could kind of be separate from the quote unquote Wes Anderson look would be, in my opinion, um, uh, Bottle Rocket and to a lesser degree, uh, Rushmore. Rushmore. Even like the Darjeeling Limited. Yes. Didn't have that like painted play set feel to it. Yeah. Still had a lot of Wes Anderson movement of camera and things like that, but it didn't have like big set designs or anything like that. Yeah. But the Royal Tenenbaums, like you definitely had a lot of outdoor shots and stuff like that. And the the shots felt more like they were in a real area, but it still had that play-like feel to them as well. But I feel like, yeah, since like 2014, probably is when he really started like, because even like then you had Fantastic Mr. Fox that yeah. was, that felt like a play, and then you had Isle of Dogs that felt like a play, and yep. both of those are stop motion. And so he, I think he's really come into his own in the last six years. And yeah, I'm, I Royal Tenenbaums is still going to be my favorite of yeah? his. Um, Royal I, Tenenbaums. I think is Moonrise Kingdom so good. I think Moonrise Kingdom is probably my favorite, but very closely followed by Budapest Hotel. Yeah, Budapest is is truly like. I, I would count most of his films masterpieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, like, they're just so gorgeous and right. so well written in so many ways. But Royal Tenenbaums, like, that family dynamic was just so, so beautiful. Yeah. And and he does he does he does the really he does it really well the same way Taika Waititi does in Jojo Rabbit, where it's like you are watching this fun movie until you realize you're crying. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. you're having a ton of fun. And then the next thing you yep. know, you've been punched in the gut. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I w- was just curious about it since seeing that trailer. I was like, how does he do that? Like, yeah, how does yeah, he yeah. make it all seem so surreal? Yeah. So different from everyone else. So yeah. 
Good on you, Wes. Yeah, Keep doing your thing. You. I know he listens to the show, so <laughs> I know you're a big fan. Dude, of Dude, we're going to shit our pants the day that we hear somebody say, like, somebody famous that we talked about say, like, yeah, I do listen I to the I do love podcast. the show. <laughs> <laughs> like, ha! Ha! I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. With fanboy hardcore. <laughs> we would fanboy hardcore. Um, st- st- you can keep dreaming, though. So, uh... One thing that I got to talk about before we uh, dive into actually two things that I want to talk about yeah. before we dive into our topic and all, if there's anything else that you want I have to one talk more, about so I'll go in between your um, two. I finally thank God because I got the Alamo draft house um, pass season pass. Um, I've been able to go see a few more movies. Um, I went and saw two movies recently that are, you have to see them if you haven't seen them yet, in my opinion. I know what one um, of them is. One of them is uh, one of them that I went to see recently was The Gentleman, uh, the oh, recent yeah, yeah. Danny Boyle film. Um, if you missed out on the days when Danny Boyle was doing films such as Lock, Stock, and uh, uh, Two Little Barrels, um, or uh, Snatch, or anything like that, or sorry, even I think Train Spotting was one of his films, if I remember right. Go see The Gentleman. Go see it. It's so damn good. Even it's, if you're unfamiliar with his even work, if like you're me, unfamiliar I've never seen work. any of his movies. That um, was the first movie I've seen of his. It's definitely back to that humor that he's known for in those types of movies, where there's something really gritty and like, just like pretty god awful that's happening, and you're watching terrible people, but like, yeah. like there's something so awesome and yeah. like so good about it. Yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey knocked it out of the park with Absolutely. that. Colin Farrell, this. I've been making little check points, points when we, nice. it makes it a lot easier nice. for me to go back and do these things <laughs> instead of like, look for them. Um, Colin Farrell, um, his favorite performance of mine is probably in Bruges, but this performance that he did in The Gentleman was so fucking funny. So good. Like, just the character. I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but he's a uh, coach at a local uh, <laughs> MMA gym, boxing gym, and yeah. stuff like that. And just the lines that he has, and just like <laughs> the way he handles hooligans in this film is so damn good and like it's satisfying yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) in every way um so you got to see that one if you guys haven't um the uh second film and the film that i'm just like so ecstatic that i was actually able to see it in theater um and it deserves all the acclaim that has gotten this year parasite yeah i knew that that was the only one that i knew that 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 you had gone is so good and uh I I'm not gonna butcher his name because Bong Ju Hong. There we go, Bong Ju Hong. Um, he was quoted recently with saying like, "If you can get over three inches," uh, I'm not quoting this right because it's gonna sound like I'm saying a dick joke. Well, I was gonna not. say you've already paused at the wrong time. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, if you can get over three inches, a whole new world of cinema will open up. To he you, said that in his Oscar speech. Um, yeah, it is so true um there is a lot of foreign films that i've seen that if people were to like actually watch them and i understand because 
sometimes this happens when I've watched anime that's subtitled in before. Yeah. Like I have to read it and then I have to watch it again just so I get the visuals and understand the story. Yeah. Sometimes that will happen, but a good, uh, good movie. That's, uh, a foreign film that needs subtitles. They understand that and they give time. They give you enough time to be able to read the dialogue and then actually and then see, see the what's picture. on screen. Um, this movie is so beautiful. Mm hmm so heartbreaking and makes you really think about uh it's a movie that's definitely about um classism um and uh it is so funny and so heart-wrenching and the tension there is so much goddamn tension in this movie you'd almost think it was a horror film yeah so good it's incredible um he's done some fantastic films um he's done uh i haven't seen the host unfortunately but he did uh snowpiercer which uh came out quite a few years ago but it stars chris evans um and it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where last bit of uh humanity is surviving on a bullet train that circles the planet um, in this frozen tundra. It's a really world. good book. I uh, haven't seen the movie. The but. movie is so damn good. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it takes place on these train cars, which are like barely wide enough to fit three or four people. Yeah. Like, and there's so much action that happens into it. And the story is so damn good. Um, the guy's a, bomb ass uh director he is he really he's is. got a great eye for the camera knows where to put it knows the types of performance that he wants to get out of people um i'm really excited what he see what to see what he comes up with next yeah so if you haven't seen parasite if any if you're going to do anything and it's still in theater go see that go movie see it before go, go anything see it. else there is so much shit out there in the theater. Especially um, right now. It's February. Especially right now. Parasite's still doing um, its wrong, people. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I got to bring up. I would I would have liked to do a two-minute review for this, but I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, Doolittle is trash. <laughs> I hate that movie. It's so damn boring. Um, there is so many missteps. There is no reason why that movie needed to be made. <laughs> absolutely zero reason for that movie to be oh, made man. like you i don't even know how to explain it except for the fact that <laughs> it wanders it was a miscalculation by the studio huge miscalculation by robert downey jr he shouldn't have done he that doesn't film. need to pick he, and choose anymore he was iron man uh, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to that now. movie is so garbage yeah um if you enjoyed it you enjoyed it i i gotta give you that but like for anybody that's a critic, they look at that and it's just like it's it's an abomination. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, did you see the trailer for the Green Knight? Yes, I did. Wow. Uh I I was a little shocked by it because wow, when I first saw like the first preview for it, um, and it started doing its thing, I was like, okay, where are they going with this? And then I saw it was an A twenty four film, and I'm just like. Now I'm totally confused because <laughs> it felt like a when I first when I first saw the first part of the trailer. Yeah, my first thought was like, "Oh, this is a trash straight to video, whatever type film." But then you saw Dev Patel, and then I saw it was a twenty four, and I was like, "Okay, you're like, all right, <laughs> I can see where this is coming from." Yeah, I I watched that and I was like. 
God damn, that's going to be the best movie of this year. You think so? No, but okay. it's going to be awesome, yeah. and I'm really excited to see that. Um, it's going to be different because I don't know if there's been too many A24 films that go into that like uh, creature monster realm at all. But also, like to put that in Arthurian times yeah. is so unique and hasn't really been messed with. No, it hasn't really, as far as the big screen type stuff. Yeah. Um, uh so it's going to be interesting to see what they do because, like, one of the things about A24 films, and I, I got a feeling this is going to be leaning more towards the horror realm yeah. of things. Um, Just based on that trailer, too. Uh, A24 really likes to do psychological thriller horror stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this with film that, yeah. on that. I so. agree. I agree. Because the trailer definitely feels like it's a psych fuck. It'll fuck with your head type yeah. thing. So. Yeah, yeah, But it just, it looks really good. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say. So we've changed our... Um, we've changed our release date, as most of you know, yes. to Sundays now. Uh, the banners that we have on all of our social medias say new episodes on every Thursday. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to fix that. But then yesterday, I woke up, and there was a $700 charge on my card. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Turns out, I totally forgot about this. Uh, I'm still paying for Adobe every that's year. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I'm going to be going through, and I'm going to be changing. <laughs> like, I haven't really – I stopped doing graphics with the yeah, episodes. Yeah, 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 Because it's like it doesn't, it doesn't matter because yeah. I can't – I don't have Adobe. Turns yeah. out I did have it for the last year. Oh, my goodness. I did not get my money's worth for last year. But no, this year, not. I'm getting my damn money's yes, worth. Yes, you better. You better. I'm talking better. graphics for everything. <laughs> If you got a newborn child and you need graphics for your newborn graphics child. Graphics for that. Uh, but also, like, I've got the whole Adobe suite. So if you fucking need a website made, yeah. if you need music made, videos made, whatever, it's going to be a creative year for me <laughs> this year. <laughs> I cannot believe I forgot about that. I woke up and I was like. Oh, man. Because uh, my, uh, my, my bank notifies me whenever there's, like, a charge greater than, like, $500 yeah. on my thing. Yeah. And I was I I don't usually get those uh-huh. chart those notifications, and I looked at it and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that's too damn funny. Yeah. Well, hey, glad we're getting an upgrade a little bit. I know, I know. A- so I already have the uh, graphic for new episode every Sunday, uh, but we'll we'll go from there. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll upgrade our, our our profile picture and everything yeah, else yeah, too yeah, while yeah, we're yeah. at it. So anyway, sweets. It's time. It's time. All right. This week, uh, episode 70, True Crime. Now to the arrest in the death of murdered college student Tessa Majors here in New York City, which made headlines across the country. Police revealing what led them to the suspect, who is just... ...of the unthinkable 18-year-old Denali Bremer, 16-year-old Caden McIntosh, and 19-year-old Caleb Leland appear in state court... ...shoots a woman, tries to rob another person, and then exchanges gunfire with officers. It all unfolded this morning in Kansas City, Kansas. It began with the shooting near 9th and Haskell. The suspect was eventually caught after shooting at officers. We need the latest now the killing of a young American man hundreds of miles away. A major milestone on the path to justice. 
Uh, so this week we are doing true crime, the uh, new fascination with the country. I shouldn't say new because this has been going on for years, for years, decades. In fact, when when Twitch first uh, proposed this as a topic idea, I thought he meant the show True Crime. No, no, um, no. starring Matt McConaughey, as no. we were just discussing. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, "What? What? Uh, what season are we doing?" And he was like, "No, no, no! All of yeah, true all crime." Of it. And I was like, "Oh, hell yeah!" Um, I am a huge. I I really don't. I I hate to associate fandom with this subject because it feels a little bit creepy. Let's in just a way. say this. Let's 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 give this a blanket statement. Yeah. Twitch and I have never killed anyone. You we, never killed anyone. We do not want to glorify it. It's a horrible thing yes. to do. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. We're the nerds. We're the know-nothing nerds. We're here to discuss it purely for entertainment Correct. purposes, which is why it's so fucking successful. Yes. Is because everyone else thinks the same damn yes. thing. So get off your soapbox right now, because <laughs> I know you're watching the episodes that we're about to talk about yes. of all the shows, so shut the fuck up, okay? Um, I am absolutely fascinated with the criminal justice system. Um, I think if, it was, if I was in another life and had a bit smarter of a brain um, you're a smart guy don't sell yourself eh, short i would i would have definitely probably looked into um being a lawyer or uh something in that realm um, would you have been like a, a yes man lawyer no no, no you wouldn't have been no. like a jim carrey uh, yes man. no i wouldn't be like that i'd definitely Judge go into Judy, like, no <laughs> um i'd either go into the in, be a prosecutor uh for the uh uh for the city or state or whatever or I'd do criminal defense of some sort. Uh, probably be like a, oh my goodness, a public defender type thing or some some or another um, in that realm. Uh, I have been fascinated with law for a long time. It started with TV and stuff like that. Watching in Law and Order, yeah. um, shows like that, and then seeing shows like 2020 or 60 Minutes when they did um, the pieces on... Uh, true crime events and stuff like that, or they'd had an interview with victims or the actual criminals themselves. Um, and it's been a thing uh, for as long as I can remember with TV. Um, you had uh, the first 48 hours. Um, I remember way back in the day you had Rescue 911 or Unsolved Murders, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, and Most Wanted, which delved into like true crime yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been a part of our culture forever, but it feels like nowadays more than ever, it's kind of really blown up. It's been booming. I think it's because so many different mediums have been taking advantage of it. Yeah. But the, and there's just like so much substance yeah. that you can, you can get podcasts, you can get books, you can get yeah. TV shows, you can get movies, anything that you want. Uh, it's all like readily available mm -hmm. just right there waiting for you. And the thing that's really big now, and this is undeniable, um, you can't deny it. The big thing that is dealing with uh, the world of true crime right now, which most people are ingesting, is uh, that of wrongful convictions. Um, you have shows like Serial, which was a podcast that came out four years ago. Oh, five years ago. Longer than that. Yeah. Because I remember when I listened I, to that, I, I watched was late. It, I watched it when uh, during my first year of driving, first year or second year of driving with lifts and I've only been a driver for six years. Oh, I didn't even know there was a third season. 
That I would get you pissed off. I, I well, I didn't listen to season uh, season two. Season two, yeah, it was okay. Season one is still the best, but oh, yeah. season three will get your blood boiling. Damn, February two thousand sixteen. I thought it was yeah. way yeah. longer. So yeah, that. just about five years. No um, kidding. Or exactly five years now. Um, or no, exactly no, four, four years. years. Four years ago. Um, huh. So. Yeah, it's serial, which was dealing with a non-Saeed uh, case. Um, uh, and then we had Netflix uh, break the internet with uh, Making a Murder, uh, which yeah. was the Stephen Avery case and uh, Brendan Dassey. Um, and, but before that, there was actually um, one of the things that kind of highlighted true crime and wrongful convictions was have you ever heard of the West Memphis three No. So the West Memphis three were uh, three teenagers who were convicted of the slain of three um, elementary age children. Um, uh, the children that were the victims were Stevie branch, Christopher Byers and Michael Moore. Uh, and the people, the three teens that were convicted were Damian Eccles, Jess, Jesse McKelly, Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin. Um, they were all high school age. Um, I think Damian was 18, 17, or 18 when he was convicted. Um, I think Jason was like 17. He might have been 18 when they actually like put him in prison. But they spent... Uh, more than half, uh, more more than half of their life in prison. Damn. Um, for crimes that they didn't commit. Yeah. Um, there was bad forensic evidence. There was bad testimony that went into it. Um, they had uh, a documentary crew. Uh, one of the things that was problematic with this case was uh, the uh, West Memphis uh, area allowed press to be coverage of the entire thing. Um, but luckily it was kind of a, it was double edged sword in the fact that, um, with allowing the press in, they got lucky and a documentary crew was able to cover the whole trial from beginning to end. Um, and it was called paradise lost. It was on HBO. It was one of their big shows back in the day. And they did three pieces for it. They did paradise lost one, two, and three. Um, and it's kind of the thing that kind of brought people's focus that like something isn't right here. And these three, these three teenagers may not actually be, uh, involved at all in this homicide. Um, the other thing that was part of this case was the fact that it was during the, uh, satanic, um, (laughs) scare back in the eighties and nineties when everybody was like, Teenagers and Satanism. Uh-huh. There's all these ritualistic murder sacrifices that are happening, which all turned out to be bullshit, like religious, like scare type mm-hmm. stuff. Um, because heavy metal, heavy metal, baby. Um, uh, so they had people come in, quote unquote, professionals came in to say, like, this is why it was a ritualistic uh, murder. Um, the scarring on the children was indicative of. Uh, mutilation um, uh, using uh, knives and stuff like that. Uh, their private parts were mutilated and everything. So they thought it was some sort of sacrifice, ritualistic, yeah. satanic cult type deal. Um, so the jury bought it. 
locked the three up. And like I said, they served more than half their lives. I think they're in there for 18 years. And then finally, through new DNA evidence and new uh, new stuff that came up, uh, they were able to uh, get uh, an appeal through to retry their case with the new evidence. Um, when they did this, they were given the opportunity by the prosecutors to take a lesser plea and get out now or fight this. And if you lose this trial, you're definitely locked up for good. Right. Um, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because Damien Eccles was on death row for the murders. And um, they said that we will only take an Alfred plea, which is basically the uh, defendant can take an Alfred plea. Do you know what that is at all? No. So an Alfred plea basically says that the defendant can maintain their innocence while saying that the prosecution or the state has clearly shown enough proof and evidence that would convict them of the crime. Sure. So it's basically saying, I'm innocent, but yeah, you could technically prove me guilty. Sure. So, and with the Alfred plea, um, usually what happens is it's a way for the state to get away with not paying out mm-hmm. <laughs> exoneree fees, right, right, right. which can go in the millions and millions yeah. of dollars. Um, so the prosecuting office said that we'll give you this deal if all three of you agree to the Alfred plea now. And Jason Baldwin, who has maintained his innocence from the beginning, uh, said that he wasn't going to because he wants to he wants to actually be innocent. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wants he it on paper yeah. to clear his name 100%. Well, he knew that if he didn't do that, chances are that they would probably either uh, set Damien Eccles' uh, death row date, um, his execution, a lot sooner, or something will happen to him in prison. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, he he went ahead and said, all right, I know that I, I'm giving up my name, but I'm doing this to save a life because he knew his best friend, Damien Eccles was not guilty of this crime. He knew he was innocent. So he's like, there's already been three deaths out of this situation. There doesn't need to be a fourth. Mm -hmm. So they all three agreed to the Alfred plea and they were able to go home. Um, they still haven't the, because they put in an Alfred plea, they basically said, all right, case is closed. Yeah. We don't got to look yeah. for the murder. But dude's still out evidence, there. dude's still out there. There's been finger pointing at multiple different people. Um, there was there was some bad police work that was done in this case. Apparently, the uh, there was a Bojangles uh, restaurant that called the police during the time that uh, the three were three children reported missing yeah that he saw a guy come into the restaurant covered in blood went to the bathroom to clean himself up and left well the police did go out there but they didn't collect any of the blood evidence which could have been tested to see if it belonged to right the children. To, yeah 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 and that would have been their suspect yeah they would have known it was just like are you guys kidding me right. like 
Granted, at the time, they didn't necessarily know that the children were dead, but, like, you see a guy that's coming in bloody, I think you want to, like, at least grab up some of that evidence. It's, like, so often the case, though. Yes. It's, like, lazy police work. And that's the thing that I saw time after time. Um, The subject or the resource that we used for this episode was an episode of uh, Netflix's The Confession Tapes. This show boils my blood um it's one of those things where if i'm looking into i love listening to true crime dramas either where it's dealing with the person that's actually actually going after the right criminal or going out going to try and prove somebody's innocence yeah um this one basically the confession tapes from what i can tell it heavily is geared towards the defendants in this case being wrongfully accused um and every time I listen to one of these episodes of podcasts that are like that or watch a series that's about somebody that's being wrongfully accused of something, it makes me so yeah. fucking mad. Yeah. Uh, when I first found the confession tapes, dude, I raged. <laughs> I was so angry. I was sitting in my room watching it, and I was just like, every time I would hear a dumbass detective or prosecutor that was saying like, we got this guy. We, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. We he's know. dead to rights. We know he was it. And like they say, they show evidence that pure, like clearly proves otherwise. Yeah. That shows the other side. And I'm just like wanting to pull my hair out. I was like, how fucking, how did you get this job? Like, yeah. how are you still doing this How did this you job? get and keep this job yeah. too? Yeah. Um. So the, the confession tapes definitely has that. And the, this this episode that I had Luke and I watch uh, called Joyride. The lead detective on this uh, blows my damn mind. <laughs> Do you want to get into this episode? Or we can wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. We can we um, can get so into what, it. So what? I I just went on a long diatribe about my experience yeah, with true crime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the West Memphis Three was really one of the things that really got you into it. Got me into the looking into the wrongly accused, the wrongful conviction side of stuff. So that's where I'm mostly at right now. So yeah. what's your experience with true crime? I honestly didn't get into true crime until fairly recently. Like I grew up pretty straight and narrow. Yeah. Like just typical entertainment, Star Wars and things like that. Never really branched out to like criminal activity. Yep. Um, I would we my dad and I watched like a lot of spy stuff okay. but I wouldn't even necessarily count that crime it was like all oh, yeah. these badass people doing badass things think Liam Neeson and Taken think yep. Jason Bourne things like that it honestly wasn't until I read my first book ever which was I don't know this The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Oh yeah yeah okay gotcha right after high school um, that I started like getting into the criminal world at large. Okay. So it's like after Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I started getting really interested in like crime fiction novels. Yeah. So I read a ton of that. Wouldn't necessarily count that as true crime because while some of it may be like inspired by real life, none of it was like, yeah, this actually yep. happened. Um, something that really fascinated me as a result of like, my literature being molded by the girl with the dragon tattoo was crimes against women. Okay. It was yeah. one of those things yep. where it was like, you just, you start to see this like shady figure of a man in a lot of, 
a lot of con- like a lot of entertainment. Yeah. You start to think, oh, there must be something to that. So you start to look into it and you're like, yeah, men are terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And you can go like like you could take it as like a people are terrible thing and there are bad women out there as well. Yeah. But you hear of these just like heinous, heinous sex crimes yep. toward women and it's, it's just terrible. But that's that's kind of the stuff that I got into first was like reading a lot of true crime against women and things like yep. that. Which which would then lead into watching a, a lot of like Ted Bundy esque kind yep, of things, yep. getting really into those those kinds of stuff, and then um, I started reading or started uh, listening to this podcast. I'm gonna have to drum up the name of it really quick, um, but it, it then it then kind of went into podcasts. There's this podcast called Criminal. They're on their like 300 oh, yeah, episode yeah, yeah. or something like Criminal that. Criminal is so Criminal good. Criminal is excellent. So good. During Criminal, uh, our mutual friend Josh showed me Serial, started listening to Serial. Serial mm-hmm. was one of the first things that I listened to and got to the end and was like, you can start and finish something and leave the viewer in this melancholy mood. Like you don't need Dude. to finish the story. No. And, no. and, 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 and cereal was very much that where like I yeah. got to the end and like, there's this pit in your stomach. Of yes. Like, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude. Okay. So funny story with that. Um, criminal or sorry, cereal is what like, cause I didn't search out true crime except for on TV shows or in the movies. Like, watching a biopic uh yeah. or a biopic that was yeah. based off of somebody like the hurricane which was a true story about a boxer that was falsely accused of murdering somebody um and uh i'd see movies like that but i i didn't think about podcasts until right somebody mentioned serial and i was like oh what's that about and then i started listening to it and i immediately um, yeah. hooked me get hooked on and that. you get to the end and you're just like this kids still in fucking prison yeah. like really 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 and like all the evidence that they brought up against him and stuff when they started talking about cell phone towers and stuff I was like fucking <laughs> junk science is an idea but it's not definitive proof yeah Dude, oh my it's god terrible uh, so anyways I, I was so pissed that like luckily I found out there was another podcast that was put on by a bunch of lawyers that were like we're gonna go through all the documents. Yeah. And they start going through the documents of... Uh, of Ednon? Of Ednon, yeah. What? Yeah. What's that called? I can't remember. I'll have to give it to you oh later on. Oh, my God. Um, it doesn't... There's more? Well, there's, in fact, there's an HBO documentary about Ednon. No uh, kidding. That falls along with it all the way up to his recent appeal. Yeah, which is like 2018 or something like that. Yeah. It got, it got approved. It got denied. Then it got approved. And then it got re- reversed. So they got one more appeal with him, I believe. And that's, they can go for it with the U.S. Supreme Court. Sure, sure, um, sure. But yeah, so yeah, it, his story continues on. Dang, it's I gotta find It's still aggravating as Yeah, hell, no, 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 no. But, but, but that's kind of one of the appeals yeah. to that story is how aggravating yeah. it is. Uh, I think pinheadery from the police is, is usually a common theme behind that. But there are a few others that I wanted to talk about that uh, are kind of true crime but not necessarily things that you would consider to be true crime. Okay. Uh I I know people often think of crime and they hear murder and they think yes. of that. But there is a whole other side to no, that. No, there is. One of the things that I got really really interested in was the dot com bubble. 
because it did affect our family in the opposite way that most people got affected. Yep. A lot of people lost their jobs and a lot of people, my dad made a ton of money from the dot com bubble. Mm-hmm. And I was like very curious about that. So I started to read into that and that's like a whole slew oh, of yeah. crimes. Yep. Crime after crime after crime. But that's like I find business crime fascinating as well you're gonna love one that i'm gonna bring not to a you. ton of page turners <laughs> not a ton of page turners in the books that no, i've read about no. about that but that's one and then a real quick i want to mention a few others before you tell me about that one um some good podcasts crime town on uh gimlet s town yeah. on this american life those yeah. are two really good crime ones and then s town's not necessarily a crime that's fair one. that's fair um it's by the serial people though yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of yeah. associated by with um uh, uh, Fox Catcher, the movie about yep. the DuPont family, yep. the wrestling team, yep. fascinating. And I wound up reading a lot about that too. Yeah. But I, th- I thought that those were some of like the more true crime things yep. that I've been uh, involved with. But so, uh, so yeah, true crime. Most of it now, the stuff that people ingest, all deals with murder or rape or some, yeah. some other form of that, like actual like uh, physical uh, assaults type crimes. Yeah. There is true crime that goes outside of that realm. Uh, one that I'm currently watching that uh, I've only seen two episodes so far because they'll only release two episodes is HBO's McMillions. Oh, yeah, about the McDonald's oh, people. Oh, my goodness. That, like, rigged so those. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so good. Um, I, I have to confess something before you talk yes. about McMillions. So, for those of you who don't know, I've been purchasing. Uh, Game of Thrones seasons yeah, on Amazon so that I can watch them whenever uh, because I canceled my HBO subscription. I switched HBO with uh, with uh, Alamo Movie Pass. So it was like yep. pretty similarly priced things. Yep. So I dropped HBO and picked up uh, Movie Pass. But now I really want to get my HBO subscription back because yeah. there are a lot of shows that I'm interested in watching. I want to watch Chernobyl again. Yep. But I'm too stubborn to do it because I've bought Game of Thrones yeah. so that I didn't have to get HBO yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I've just been avoiding doing it because I feel like an idiot because <laughs> I spent all this money <laughs> buying Game of Thrones and now I'm going to go crawling back to HBO yeah. and start paying for it again. Dude, HBO, just just a little side sidetrack. They got so much good content on they there do. right now. They do, except um, for Watchmen, but they do. It's oh, there. I love the Watchmen. <laughs> That's serious. Oh, I want them to make another uh, season, but I hope they don't. I honestly like. I'll be totally fine if Damien just was like, "Nope, I'm one and done." Thank God. If um. Anyways, The Outsider. Yeah. Oh, that was oh, a really good book. Oh, it's such a good series. Uh, uh, Jason Bateman. Great mm-hmm. filmmaker. Still waiting on Ozark season great three, filmmaker. but take your time. It's fine. Um. Uh. That that series is so good. Still not done yet. But goddamn, it's so good. Anyways, so anyway, McMillions. McMillions. Uh, it's a really fun documentary because, like, it's not this super like serious, like very melodramatic, like what you're used to seeing yeah. with true crime. Yeah, yeah. This one's very fun mm-hmm. and bright and like so imaginative. Essentially, the way that they do it, it feels well, like you're. Uh, it. It's one of those things where it's like stranger than fiction type thing. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, you hear the the investigators, the uh, the people from the FBI, what they had to do to uh, 
figure out what this scheme was all about and stuff yeah. like that. And it brings in like true mafia and stuff like that. Mm. There seems to be deceit so far. Like, uh, there, there possibly, uh, somebody is trying to, uh, put the blame on one person when it might actually be another person mm. that is like the head of this, like, crime syndicate that's going on. Um, and just to give you kind of idea is it's all about, uh, McDonald's monopoly game, uh, that they started back in like the eighties or something like that. And what it was is there was a guy that, uh, was able to get winning game pieces from the, uh, printing house that, uh, printed out the winning tickets and he was able to give those out to different family members that didn't have the same last name as him and give them out to people and like cut a deal to where they would give a certain amount of money and he would give them a winning ticket for all the high price stuff, like the actual like million dollar prizes or yeah. the big cars or the big vacations, uh, the big sweepstakes stuff. Um, and it was basically fraud is what it was. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. It's so fun. Stuff like, like that I love following. Yeah. Um, stuff like what's happening in the political climate of yep. the world right now with our good friend Donald Trump. Yep. A lot of stuff like that that people don't necessarily think is true crime, but it really is. It is. It and is. it can be, like depending on what lens you put on when you're watching it, those things, it can be fascinating. Yep. Um, so I'd love to check out McMillions. Yeah. Uh, all well. I have to say, I'm, as soon as I get over my stubbornness and... <laughs> re-up my HBO subscription. All right, let's take a little break. All right, we'll be right back after uh, we do our recommendations and we'll uh, get into the meat of what we're going to talk about with uh, the confession tapes. recommendation this week is for the new netflix series lock and key after the death of their father the lock family goes back to their father's childhood home and discover that the house has more than meets the eye they start to find hidden keys around the house that open up doors into a different world uh, that they ever expected they find out that magic is true but with that comes a demon Check it out on Netflix right now to find out the story. My recommendation this week is, and I'm kind of ashamed to say this, uh, it's a BuzzFeed multiplier sub page. Hear me out. It's called uh, Ruining History, and it is one of the funnest things that I've wasted my few hours of free time this week doing. I've been getting more into history as I just read this uh, biography about a World War One vet, and it just started getting into history more and more and I, I I was looking up videos and I stumbled upon this this ruining history thing. I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. I'm just gonna say go watch an episode and see if you're into it. I would recommend starting with three hilariously terrible popes. That's all I'm gonna say and now back to the show.
All right, welcome back. Uh, we are going to spoil the shit out of true crime. Everyone dies? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. That's a little morbid. I felt a little bad about saying that. I was like... <laughs> You know, you know, like like the angel and demon yeah, on my yeah, shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were both like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a little morbid. <laughs> you know, eventually, it's you know, it's coming for all of us. People so. already died, yeah. literally. It's true, um, especially in this spoiler zone. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's, it was in poor taste with this it episode, was in poor taste. but I had to stick with my guns. I have to say that every time we come back from a break. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get into it. Um, so this is uh, the episode Joyride, uh, which is part of the confession tapes. Um, it's talking about the murder of Wayne and Sharman Stock uh, in Murdoch, Nebraska, and the suspects uh, or the defendants that um, are wrapped up into this, um, are all related. Um, they're even related to the murder victims. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Matt Livers, who seems to be the main person that the, uh, uh, state of Nebraska was looking at, um, along with Nick Sampson, his cousin, Nick Sampson and his other cousin, Will Sampson. Uh, but Matt and Nick seem to be the primary ones that they're looking at. Um, it's the police believed that Nick and Matt were the ones that actually perpetrated the murder initially. And Will Sampson was the getaway driver, essentially. Um, the theory was is that Matt was upset with uh, his aunt and uncle about inheritance or some shit like that. And he wanted to murder them to make a point. Yeah. Um, so it was... Everything from the beginning, uh, we see Nick or sorry Matt being brought in for uh, a initial police investigation, um, and he does what everybody in this situation does. That's a law abiding law abiding citizen who is actually innocent. They go along with the police. Uh, uh, he comes in and he initially he says right off the bat like. Uh, I think this is terrible what happened. I uh, mm-hmm. want to cooperate. I want to do whatever I can do to help, do to help um, which is the worst thing you can do for yourself. I know. Um, uh, and this happens all the time, and this is what happens in wrongful conviction cases all the time, is people that have no sense about what happens in the justice system, really, um, they go in thinking they're there to help the police, um, I, uh, want to do whatever I can and they just start talking to the police, which is the biggest mistake, um, for the most part, nine times out of 10 um, lawyer up <laughs> lawyer up. Even if they have not said you're a suspect, if they bring you in, oh, you're and here. They don't just take, cause, yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just going to have a quick just little a chat. Little we're just going to have a quick little chat. I get it. If you're coming in the first time and stuff like that. And then if they start asking more hard questions or like if it seems like they're double, uh, if they're doubting what you're saying, the thing that you need to say is one of two things. I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm leaving. Or yeah. um, I think I'm going to talk with a lawyer first yeah. before I continue talking with you. Um, you don't need to be a dick. You don't, you don't need, need to be a, like, no, but, but, but I, I say if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable from the get go, 
lawyer if, they, up. if someone asks you to go talk to the police, lawyer up. And, yep. and you're like concerned about it. Yep. I think that should just be a general rule of thumb. Yep. To lawyer up right from the um, get go. Because here's the thing, like whether they try to use that as a way of saying like, oh, he's got a guilty conscience or yep. you got a guilty conscience, save your ass. Yes. Save your ass because you do not want a confession. You do not want them to sit you in that room for hours on end because that's what happened in this situation. Yeah. Um, and many of the other episodes of uh, the confession tapes, what happens is that they get into that box with the detectives and they keep you in there for hours. hours. And you have no way of telling the time because there's no clock in there. Yeah, they're it's probably a taking white, tiny room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're going to break you down. And uh, out of everything I've listened to, there's a podcast called Wrongful uh, Convictions that I listen to where you actually get to directly hear from the exonerees. No kidding. Um, and they say every time, you know, I never thought it could be me. I never thought right. I needed a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and they always say afterwards, like at the end of the episode, usually the first thing out of their mouth is get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Yeah. Um, they say if you don't think it could happen to you, it can happen to you. Yeah. Um, and it's 100% true. Um one of the things that we that needs to be people need to be more educated on and it should be done in freaking high school uh at least at minimum where they talk to students about like here's what the criminal justice procedure looks like yeah um this is what an interrogation look like what you see on Law and Order, CSI, all those all other these shows, like goody goody cops, uh, good, uh, saving the cops the day. are good, saving the day and stuff like Everyone that. Everyone they take in is a criminal in yeah. some way, and they have, they're hiding something. Utter horseshit yeah. for the most part. I like those shows. There's nothing wrong with those shows, except for they give a false reality and sense of what happens. Yeah. Um, something that happens in there is that uh, what these shows give us is that. If the person confesses to something, that means they're guilty. Right. And confessions, like nine times, I'm not going to say nine times out of ten because I don't know the actual stats on it, but just because somebody gives a confession does not mean they're guilty. Right. Does not mean they're guilty. Um, but they will do whatever they can to get a confession out of you. If they have any sense that you actually did it, they'll do what they can. Which they already do if you're going in a chat with them. Yes. And they're, they are, yeah. they're already on the scent, yeah. so they yeah. think they've got the right person. And, and they can lie to you. One of the things that I found out that I was uh, uh, unfortunately ignorant toward, towards, uh, but I kind of had a sense of it, um, is that there is no law prohibiting police officers from lying to you Yeah, in an investigation. They can come up with fake evidence. Yeah. Uh, false narratives, false witnesses, um, non-existent people. Um, they can say that like, and this is one of those things where in a few of the episodes of the confession tapes that I saw that they say, we have satellite footage of you in this place at this time and stuff like that. For some people that are ignorant towards how satellite works and stuff. That can spook them. That can spook them. It's utter bullshit. Yeah. They don't have satellite footage for you. Yeah. They need to get government clearance to be able to get satellite footage and like that would take months and even even with the satellite footage like it's not clear the stuff that they're going to get is not clear enough to actually yeah say it's you yeah um so it's it's stuff like that that is able to get people to like say these false confessions now once matt actually confessed quote unquote to the crimes um he uh 
pointed the finger as cousin Nick Sampson, who was brought in, and he categorically denied all the claims that his cousin made from beginning, from yeah. the beginning. Um, they had zero, they had zero physical evidence at the scene of the crime to point the finger at the uh, Matt or Nick. Right. They knew that there was two people that were involved because of the way that the crime scene played out, but there was nothing that actually specifically pointed towards the fact that Matt or Nick or even Will were there at the house at the time of the murders. Um, and But the investigators kept on trying to point the finger at them. Um, they, uh, I, when they brought the new guy on uh, from CSI crime scene, David Cofeed, Cofed or whatever the fuck his name is, initially when they brought him on, I was like, oh, this guy, I like him. I like him. Because yeah, yeah. he said, I don't care about confessions. Right. Like, hey, you know, confessions like are nothing unless <laughs> yeah. you can have co- uh, co- corroborating uh, evidence, evidence and... with it and stuff like that. And I was like, sweet. I got a guy. We got a good one. We got a good one. Yeah, yeah. And then we find out the fucker planted blood. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, no, 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 going so well for yourself. Ah, so, uh, so the investigators are trying to figure out a way that they can guarantee that they're going to be able to point the finger at him. Well, in the middle of their investigation, they find when they do the CSI at the scene. They find that there's a ring, a wedding band that is in the kitchen. And when they find the ring and they find out it's not the victims and it doesn't seem to be the suspects, what does your brain go towards? Maybe we should reconsider this whole thing. <laughs> right? When I first saw all that there were like a ring and I was like, okay, it doesn't belong to the victims. Let's follow the ring. Let's follow the ring. Let's follow the ring. And they do follow the ring. They do follow the ring. They do follow it. And they find out that the ring came from a stolen truck that was stolen by two teenagers. Yeah. And me thinking logically would have been like, (laughs) they did it. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's those crazy kids. Uh, (laughs) And they go and they investigate. Um, What it was is the truck was stolen by uh, two teens named Jessica Reed and Gregory Fester. What a last name. Yeah, Fester. seriously. Um, who stole this truck, uh, truck and uh, Joy Road from Wisconsin all the way down to Louisiana. Uh, when uh, they got back to Wisconsin, they were arrested for the uh, stealing of the truck. Um, Gregory Fester didn't say anything. He kept his mouth shut. But when they talked to Jessica Reed, she gave a false story about uh, meeting with Nick. Only after they Mac. like shove photos in her face. Yes. We know these two were yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, she said that, yes, they committed the murder and stuff like that. <laughs> but when they went and they searched her house, they found a shell, a shotgun shell hidden and that was similar to the ones that was found at the scene of the crime. And then on top of that, they found a letter that was addressed that was uh, written by Jessica to Greg that said, Hey, we we fucking killed these people. If you ever want to do this, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm so up for that. So it's just like they have a confession. They have evidence from the scene of the crime that links them there. Oh, and on top of that, the car uh, that will, 
supposedly was the getaway driver from had zero physical evidence except for one dot of blood mm-hmm. that happened to be on the underside of the steering wheel column. Uh, but the truck that Greg and Jessica Reed stole is swimming in DNA, swimming, swimming in Wayne and Sherman's DNA. It's just like how daft of an investigator be. do you got to yeah. be? Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It and then you so find out crazy. the kicker is my favorite part. You might are you getting to that? Which part? The the um, the Matt Liver when he when he takes back his confession. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he the goes, day after the day after he, he confessed, yeah, he recants his confession, and he was in prison for nine months. Nine months, yep, yep. So uh, finally, they released uh, both Matt and Nick from prison. Um, I don't think they actually got to trial, but they were able to sue the state for wrongful arrest. Yeah, um, thank God they did get paid for that because they deserve that. They Absolutely. deserve something from that. Um, and, uh, Greg and Jessica were convicted and sent to, uh, sentenced to life in prison um, without possibility of parole. You Um, never see just like a clean cut person getting sentenced either. Did you see those two? Which one? The Jessica. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the video of them being set up. I remember seeing those the first time I was like, yeah, that, that, that adds up. That adds up. Um, and here's the kicker to the whole thing. The very end of the episode, this is the thing that blew my fucking mind, yeah. is the lead investigator, uh, Earl Idiot Shank, <laughs> still believes that Matt, Nick, and uh, uh, Will are all uh, actually guilty of this To the crime. point where he was emotional yeah. at the end of the episode yeah. about it. Like, he was, he was crying. Yes. About how 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 much he believed that. Yep. It is mind blowing, and and the reason why I picked this one is because um, I I wanted to pick one of these where it clearly shows the um, the bad practices of uh, people in law enforcement. Yeah. Um, the prosecutor should have looked at this and said. You don't have any physical you have anything against, that ties yeah. them to it. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take this to court. Um, the other thing is that, like, the you see that the investigators are bypassing all logical clues to point in the right direction and not following it. They're literally following their bias towards somebody. Um, from what they said is that Matt was not a well liked guy in that town of Murdoch. Um, he apparently had some disagreements with the family members. So he was a black sheep and like, he was the one that they wanted to look at. I don't know if the investigator had some feud with, with Matt Livers or not, but it's kind of what it came off as. Um, especially when you get into these small town areas, the fingers get pointed and like they got, you have the bad seed in town and that's the one that you want to go over. That's what happened in the West Memphis three case. Um, Damien Eccles was known in that town as being the different kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before, uh, I think before the kids were even came up murdered or once they came up murdered, the investigators are all like, Oh, we got to find we, Damien Eccles yeah. because he's different because he's different. Um, 
So they have a prejudice towards somebody. They think they know what they're going to do and they go after that instead of doing what they're supposed to do and following logic to lead them to the actual yeah. clues. Yeah. Um, and it, it's so heartbreaking because I truly believe in our justice system. I think on paper, our justice system is amazing. Yeah. It's in practice that it fails. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way it's supposed to work out, and I wish that there was more classes taught on this, just in general public, of how the justice system is supposed to work. You have a judge who is supposed to be impartial. Yeah. He has no skin in the game. He has to look at the evidence and say, like, is this evidence gathered legally? Is it corroborative? Um, is it, uh, do the uh, eyewitnesses, um, uh, is there any inconsistency in the eyewitness right. accounts, in the confessions, in the testimonies from people? Are they uh, weighted evenly? Um, they also have to look at whether evidence is admissible or inadmissible. Is it allowed into court or is it not? Um, they are able to say, like, is this person's record available? Can you say such and such things? They need to be impartial. Yeah. Because they need to allow the actual people that decide everything the ability to do that with as much information as needed and is able to. Um, the other part that is about the justice system is that the burden of proof is supposed to be laid on the prosecution. So the state has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that these that people, this did, people it. did it. And they're supposed to use evidence, testimony, eyewitness accounts, whatever they can, um, to be able to do it. The thing that I've been able to, <laughs> that I've seen is that they don't use half that shit most right. of the time. Um, they, what some people would say is a theory that they come up with. I call it a straight up lie. Sure. Um, the facts that the quote unquote facts that the prosecution uh, lays out before the jurors is a hypothesis. This is a possibility mm-hmm. of what happens, mm-hmm. but they come at it as if this is hard Ex- written right, stone truth. Right. And it's not necessarily like that. We've seen that all the time. A good case of that is the way that they tried uh, Stephen Avery versus Brandon Dassey. They tried Brandon Dassey on a uh, the confession that Brandon Dassey falsely uh, or force was forced to give, and they used the timeline that Brandon Dassey laid out in the false confession. And he was tied that crime that he was convicted of is directly related to the crime that Stephen Avery was being convicted of. Well, when Stephen Avery was being tried, they were unable to use the testimony from Brian Dassey's um, trial. Right. The story that the prosecutor gave in Stephen Avery tri- Avery Avery's trial completely contradicts the story that the prosecutor told in Brian Brandon Dassey's trial. So they're not even like they're the same even, yeah. crime, yeah, but yeah. two totally different stories. Right. So it's, it's, it's crazy that they're allowed to get away with shit like that. Um, so that's, uh, and then the other side is that, uh, with the defense 
is that um, the defendant is supposed to be considered innocent until proven Proving guilty. guilty. Yeah. But so much of today with the way that the media is, they've already tried the person before mm-hmm. they've even set foot in, in the um, courtroom. Yeah. Um, and we see it all the time. And that's why we get cases where people have already proven, quote unquote, somebody guilty. And the jury just reiterates what and they've then, been fed yeah. through the media yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And then it's just game over from there for them. And yeah. that's it. Um, and the last part, and this is, this is where... I think a lot of wrongful convictions would be uh, bypassed if jurors were properly educated Mm. um, in how to be a juror. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of people that come in, uh, the way that they do juror selection, the way that jurors are chosen um, is the prosecution gets a chance to get all the people up there that they want. And the defense defense has a chance to get all the people that they want up there. And they obviously want people that lean more towards them and they can convince. And the way that they do this, and it's done on both sides, not just one versus the other, both sides of defense and prosecution will use people's emotion Mm -hmm. to try and get them to um, elect a sentence or elect a verdict in one way or the other. Um, and that is the wrong way to be a juror. Yeah. You should not use your emotion at all. Um, as and I'm probably going to sound cold hearted as all hell. Um, you should think very little of the victim when you're totally. being a juror. Yeah. You need to be thinking of what are the facts of this? I can't let my heartstrings pulled because they'll use that against you totally. in there. Like both sides will use the fact that like this is more specific with the defense. They'll use the fact that you're a brother, you're a sister, you're a wife, you're a husband, yeah. you're a father, you're a mother. They'll use those to pull at you your You know what it's like to lose someone you yes. love. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if that um, happened to you. And jurors need to put that shit aside. Yeah. They need to sp- they need to look at the facts that are presented in the case and purely the facts. Nothing else. No uh speculation, um, no tantalization, no headlines. Just look at the facts that are given, and that's going to give you a better idea of whether th- whoever is uh, the defendant, whether they did it or not. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a shitty system. Yeah. Though. It's, it's, it's a good system in theory. It, and in practice, it sucks it because apart. people suck. Yeah. Yeah. People, just people are suck. self-interested, yep. and, and that gets in the way of a lot of things, but it sucks that that it also gets in the way of yep. due process because yep. – a lot of people go to jail because people are emotional. Yep. Um, couple statistics that I want to give you. Let's hear it. And we'll see if, okay, if you can guess these. Ooh, okay. I'm, uh, this is going to be our know something okay. quiz. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm going to go in and do a know something quiz. Okay. Uh, to end us out. Uh, so, um, let me flip the page. Here we go. Uh, this is going to be do off we, the do top we, of your do, head. Do we want music? To yeah, let's throw this? the music in there. Okay, okay. This is going to be weird, but part, part, music. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do like a criminal okay. edition of it. There I was. The rain falling from the heavens it reminded me of the many innocent that had fallen. Each drop another man who should be free, but is instead behind bars. Damn it, I thought, taking another drag of my cigarette. 
A noise interrupted my self-reflection as I spun on my heel and was met face to face with a man. He said, test your knowledge. And I knew this was who I had been searching for my whole life. What will it be? I asked, fearing the worst. A quiz, he replied. I smiled, taking one more drag of my cigarette. A quiz, I echoed. And our histories would forever be etched in that rainy night. A history of knowledge. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give you some multiple choice. All righty. Um, Hang on one second. I want to get this jotted down really quick. It's okay. a time so that I know. So there is an estimate of 2.3 million people locked up in pr- prison. Uh, there is a percent of those that they believe is innocent. Which percentage is true? Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, 23%. Okay. 15%. 10 percent or 2%. Oh, so they go down from there? 23%. 23% eh. okay. I would actually uh, been okay with if you said 2% or 10% um, oh okay the population is innocent sure um, so that equates to uh, if it's 2.3 people locked up in prison it's anywhere between 46,000 to 230,000 people dude. are locked up wrongfully convicted that's fucked up yeah alright uh, since 1989 okay how many people have been exonerated? Okay. So about, yeah. Between 46,000 to 230,000 people, how many people have been of, exonerated of those, of those exonerated. since 1989? 2000 bingo Ooh. only roughly 2000 never have i felt have been exonerated. getting questions right so those are the two questions i got for you that i have for you damn um, so you got i'll give you three points on that and that. i'll get three points for get one get you getting one yeah right. there yeah. we go there yeah. we go yeah yeah so there we go that i don't even know what our sucks, total score man. is yeah how shitty is that, that those really numbers are sucks. staggering yeah. Um. And here's the other thing that I found too, just to leave us on such a melancholy. We'll like, get back up there. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it back up at the end. We'll bring it back up at the end. <laughs> We're doing what cereal and uh, making a murderer does with us. We end leave us a little melancholy, just like oh, we're fucked. <laughs> so even though, so here's the thing. Um, this happens all the time with uh, wrongfully convicted and stuff like that. Um, the state goes in and they do whatever they can, even though they have proof showing that the person's innocence. Um, the innocence project, which is one of the big ones out there who have exonerated well over 600 people, um, since they began, um, they've done over 20 people. They have gotten over 20 people off death row, which is incredible. Um, because they primarily use DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mainly what the the Innocent Project looks into is DNA-based evidence. Um, so even though they may have, with 
without a shadow of a doubt proven somebody's innocence through DNA, that person that is locked up may be locked up for another two to five years before they're actually given a new trial to exonerate them. Um, And what will happen too is that even though they may have DNA proof showing that that person's innocence, the uh, prosecution will usually do whatever they can to try and appeal that judgment to make sure that that person stays in prison. Yeah. The number one of the biggest reasons for that is because the people that are in these positions are trying to go for political power. Um, and this is the last thing because I'm not a huge political person as far as looking into it, uh, as far as like presidency and shit like that. Sure. But if you're looking at uh, prosecutors, uh, judges, uh, district attorneys and stuff like that, I think it's a good idea for people to look into the background of it, see what they're really about and what they're what they say about convictions and stuff like that. Because here's the bottom line Um, with prosecutors, judges, stuff like that. It's a political game more than truly working for justice yeah. a lot of the times. Yeah. Because a lot of these people are running for office mm-hmm. in one way or the other. Um, that's what happened with the West Memphis Three. A lot of the people were going for office, um, and they just wanted to get a conviction rate. If they show that they're tough on crime and they have a high conviction rate, it makes it look like they're doing their job. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that at all. Yeah. Um, what people need to do if they get into the justice system, they need to go full hard into the justice system and fight for true justice. And that means excluding people that clearly shouldn't be in the system. Right. That are wrongfully convicted. So, so with that being said, just when election time comes around, do a little bit more digging in those people that are going for office that are either going for judge seats or going for district attorneys or even going for like Senator seats. And they're formerly a prosecutor or not because we need the good guys in there. We do. And they're, they're, they're out there. They're out there. And yes, a lot of these are a lot of these people that we're talking about. They're a small percentage, but that small percentage as we could sell from the numbers can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Yep. They have it. Yep. How are we going to let, make us less melancholy in the end um here are you gonna insert some dumb i could insert some dumb thing or we could do something dumb or we could just end melancholy we can just end melancholy i guess let's just end melancholy <laughs> the one downer episode I i've been put... excited about doing this but i was like damn it it's gonna be like so heavy and I can just, I'll, I'll just put sad music here and then everyone can be contemplative for a minute yeah. or so <laughs> while you do the outro well I do the outro yeah, yeah. sad music underneath sad me sad music underneath this. you doing the outro should I try and do like a sad like do like a do like a a, a, a uh, like a serial serial outro where oh, okay. it's, where, ooh, it's ooh, where it's ooh, more meditative ooh. you know Let's see if I can do this. I believe. I'll put the music on as soon as you start. So there's still no music starting. Okay. Okay. If you'd like to find out more about the Know Nothing Nerds, please check out our Facebook page at Know Nothing Nerds. Uh, Let me start that over. That was a good start. Uh, I know. That was a good start. But you had it. But you had it. Damn it.
The music's gonna stop when you. <laughs> okay, do over, do over. If you'd like to know about the Know Nothing Nerds, check us out on our Twitter at KNNerds, or you can go to our Facebook and search Know Nothing Nerds and follow us there. Or if you'd like to contact us, talk, us, talk to us about a topic, or find out about more about... Oh, God damn it! You were on a roll damn with it. that one. You were on a roll with I that was. one. Okay, one more time. One, one more, more time. time. One more try. If you'd like to find out more about the Know Nothing Okay, when we said one more, we meant two more. Yep. One last one. Here it one is. One last one. If you'd like to find more about the Know Nothing Nerds, please follow us on Twitter at CanNerds, or you can find us on Facebook searching Know Nothing Nerds. If you'd like to contact us about all the criminal stuff that we have done in the past, please hit us up at knownothingnerds at gmail.com. You can find us at anywhere ever podcasts are available. Please like and subscribe to this episode on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next week when we discuss a much happier topic, Fargo Season 3. Thank you. We'll see you next time. That's real good. I was gonna try and like, I was gonna try and interject like a, like a follow us on NPR or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>